o'clock meeting start? All right then, seven o'clock. Welcome to the online audience. Uh, welcome everybody here to position of neutrality. Welcome to New Freedom. Anybody here for the first time tonight? Oh, good. A few of you. Very good. Welcome. So we'll warn you in advance. You may experience us just a little different here. Um, what we do here, we've been doing for lots of years, we take a look at the suggested instruction for a step or so a week directly out of this book. And we use this book in 12-step recovery. Why? The process described by the authors of this book has been proven to work for addicts of the hopeless variety, addicts to alcohol and other substances. So although I may look like I'm telling you what the book says, that's not what I'm trying to do. What I'm trying to do is show you how I find what it says to me and encourage you to have your experience with it. And if we both do our job, we'll share a spiritual experience in this room tonight because as we like people to understand that the, the power we come to believe in here is tangible power. This power we call God is tangible. It's relevant. It's sensory. And it will inform you. And our consciousness-raising exercise that is the steps is to prove that fact to you through you. So we're going to try and get you to relate to what I'm sharing from up here. And when you do, at some point you'll feel something. When you do, I'll know and I'll call it to your attention. And that way we'll be sharing the oneness. Does that make sense? Yeah. Okay, and so tonight it's inevitable that we're going to encounter some of that because we're going to be looking at high consciousness, the awakened walk. So we're going to be talking about steps 10 and 11. So in your book, you want to be at page 84. As a matter of fact, let's start back to 83, and let's just review something, and then we'll roll to 84. Um, some of you will recognize what I'm about to go over with you as the promises, because people have hung them on the wall and said these are the promises. But what they really are is the ninth step promises, which will help you understand the language they use and why I'm differentiating that for you. They're, they're states of being that will, you'll find yourself in based on your state of consciousness. Does that make sense? They're not just words on a wall. They're actually levels of awareness. So we're going to start on page 83. It says, if we are painstaking about this phase of our development, we'll be amazed before we're halfway through. So what phase of our development are we in? So steps four through nine are the practices, right? right? Self-inventory, confession, restitution, right? And now the next thing is going to be relationship building, and that's going to require an awakened state. I've got to be talking to a power within me that I know is real, tangible, and relevant. Does that make sense? Yep. So, so. We will be amazed before we're halfway through. We're going to know a new freedom and a new happiness. So they use the words they mean. They mean the words they say. When they say new, what does new mean? New. Unlike anything I've ever experienced before. So a lot of people think, okay, I'm off the, I'm off the dope. This is a new freedom. No, it's an unfamiliar freedom, but it's not new. Right? Unless you, unless you were born addicted to that particular substance, in which case it may indeed be. But, but the fact of the matter is, for the most of us, that's not the freedom we're talking about. What did I ask for in three? Relieve me of the bondage of self, that I may better do thy will. So I'm, the new freedom I'm experiencing is I'm finally free of me, so I'm free to be me. I'm, I'm free of the fear that blocks me from becoming a better version of me. Does that make sense? which inevitably brings about a new happiness because it's okay to be me for the first time maybe ever. But that's a profound difference between I'm not picking up no matter what, right, where I'm still miserable. Does it make sense what they're talking about? Why, why we want to remind people the fellowship is not the program. The program's in the book. The fellowship's in the rooms. If you're not getting this freedom, it's because you're not in the book, right? because this is their witness. Okay, so we're going to know a new freedom and a new happiness. We will not regret the past nor wish to shut the door on it. Why not? We are starting to learn that whatever difficulty we experience, there's someone out there that needs our experience of the healing and the redemption we've received. Yes? 
Okay? And so we will comprehend the word serenity and we will know peace. Think about how profound those declarations are. Have you ever looked up the definition for serenity? In a lot of dictionaries it just says, see serene. <laughs> because it's inexplicable, right? The, the, the state of being that is serenity is not something one can comprehend without the experience. What does it mean to know peace? Yeah, you'd have to be absent conflict, right? Peace is the absence of conflict. So you'd, you'd have to be absent conflict within you. How many of you can relate to just desperately wanting that storm in you to stop? Okay, well this is the, the, the first 100 that wrote this story spoke of an experience they had and were having. They're not theories. But all the people that spin these words after confuse us. These are states of being that are promised. And what was the condition? Thoroughly followed our path. Right? If, okay, so, all right. So then it goes on to say, what did I do? Oh, I'm still up here. No matter how far down the scale we've gone, we'll see how our experience can benefit others. We already touched on that. That feeling of uselessness and self-pity will disappear. How many of you have started to have that happen? You realize even if you got a difficult hand dealt to you in life, when you've been able to use it to comfort another, that somehow you realize that that experience was preparing you for this very moment where you got to relieve somebody else? How many of you got a flow of the Spirit then? How many of you have learned to emote as a result? We see some people that don't know how to emote here and all of a sudden they start having these experiences and, and they find themselves crying for no reason and they're not ashamed of it. And in a, in a room full of people like us, that's pretty amazing. Right? Um, so we will lose interest in selfish things and gain interest in our fellows. Notice how that doesn't describe me doing anything. I'll just lose interest in selfish things. I'll be redirected. How many of you have found that happen? I think we talked about it last week, didn't we? That, that I became a far better person than I ever wanted to be. <laughs> Anyone know what I'm talking about? Yeah. So I didn't have a hell of a lot to do with it because I would have not known how to write the specification for it. Um, Self-seeking will slip away. Our whole attitude and outlook upon life will change. How does that happen? How many of you have started to learn here that the world doesn't cause how we think and feel, it reflects how we're thinking and feeling? So once I know that my relationship with creation is my relationship with creator, when I'm disturbed in creation, I need to check in with creator. Right? But that's discipline in the practices four through nine, to Sean's point. So fear of people and of economic insecurity will leave us. How many of you have had that happen? We see it with the new people. They're afraid to talk. They're afraid to even be seen. And then one day we see them interacting and maybe they get up on a podium and they, they tell their story and they get a little liberation. Any of you have been that guy or seen that man or woman all of a sudden just come out of themselves and start to be whole and find out it's okay to be them? That's the promises coming true. It's not words on a wall, right? It's important that you recognize these as states of being because pretty soon they're going to ask us, are these extravagant promises? And we fucking A. <laughs> but the reason they're calling it to our attention is because it just seems so far out of the realm of possibility for people like us, yes? Okay. So we'll intuitively know how to handle situations which used to baffle us. How many of you have found that to be true? Yeah. When you're informed in the spirit, you just know, right? We'll suddenly realize that God is doing for us what we could not do for ourselves. How many of you have had that? Because God's not not picking up. God's not in the not do business. God's arranged for me to not suffer from the fact that I'm not inebriated because he's inebriated me in the spirit if I'll serve. Anyone know what I'm talking about? Okay. So are these extravagant promises? They are extremely extravagant promises, but we serve an extravagant power, and it's so important that we recognize that, and that they're greater, and there's no end to that extravagance. 
It's a progressive recovery because I had a progressive illness. Yes? We think not. They're being fulfilled among us, sometimes quickly, sometimes slowly. They will always materialize if we work for them. We had to read that because the very next sentence says, this thought brings us to step 10. So you're not even ready for step 10 if you haven't started getting a glimpse of the ninth step freedoms, the ninth step fitness. Does that make sense? Which is why hanging them on a wall was a cute thing to do. But remember, some drunk did that. Those are not the promises. They're the ninth step promises. And, and if you're not knowing this, you don't, the profundity of it and the wanting to go further and deeper isn't there, right? This will only work if I honestly want to and I'm willing to make the effort. And so I need to know the whole deal. Why would I want to make this effort, yeah? Okay. So this thought brings us to step 10, which suggests we continue to take personal inventory and continue to set right any new mistakes as we go along. So if I'm going to continue, when did I start? Back where we started, right? What Sean's talking about. So in step four, I learned how to take a personal inventory. So I'm going to continue doing that. And I'm going to continue to set right new mistakes as I go along. When did I learn how to do that? When I was setting right old mistakes. So one of the things that we don't tell people is don't stay at nine and then pretend you're going to do step work around ten. Start your amends and then get out and serve. You'll learn to pray and meditate on the fly, because you'll have to, because we are very disturbing people. Okay. I'm not lying, am I? We are difficult. Okay. So we vigorously commence this way of living as we cleaned up the past. So remember when they talked to us about a way of living? Back in that hopeful chapter of how it works? Didn't they talk to us about the people who don't recover? They're naturally incapable of grasping and developing a manner of living. Okay, well, they wouldn't have told us that if they weren't going to lay out precisely what the manner of living was, would they? So now we were in how it works. They took us through the whole process. Now we're in detailed instructions on how to put the practice into discipline. Does that make sense? So it goes on to give us a promise right away. We have entered the world of the Spirit. Notice how it doesn't say we might have, some of us have. We have entered the world of the Spirit. What's it like to have entered the world of the Spirit? Come on, I know a bunch of you guys are steppers. You're working with people. What's it like? You don't have to make it up. How many of you know the ninth step promises as states of being? Not regret the past. Fear of economic insecurity has left you. Not that you haven't been financially insecure. You're just not afraid of it. Anyone know what I'm talking about? Dude, most of us around here have been through great economic insecurity. I sure as hell have, right? And I don't fear it. Why? Because I've grown in consciousness. I know whatever I'm going through, it's for purpose. Doesn't, I don't have to see the purpose now to know it's coming. Right? Okay. So our next function is to grow in understanding and effectiveness. Understanding of what? Effectiveness at what? Understanding of the steps and effectiveness of journey. Yeah, and there's no wrong answer. Sean doesn't have all the answers. How many of you have grown... <laughs> And I'm not picking on Sean, but the reality is sometimes people feel intimidated. And they, how many of you have grown an understanding of yourself as an addict when you realize now that you really were sick? Even it, it really is true. You really had a mental illness that prevented you from behaving in rational ways. So how many of you found out that there were understanding humans that knew of your condition and helped you get cemented in that? How many of you grew to understand that God is real and tangible and sensory and, and that you can form a relationship based on the experience you've had as you move through the steps? Yes. Yes. Right? So the understanding of the entirety, I kind of broke down what Sean was saying. As we go through the process, we start to feel the flow of the Spirit. We start to get confirmation. We get revelation, yes? yes. Okay. And then it tells us the effectiveness is what? How many of you have found that you're more effective working with people when you've allowed yourself to set aside judgments you once used to hold? Uh, You can't help anyone you're judging because you're not seeing them, you're seeing your thoughts. So you're trying to fix yourself again. Think how well that worked for us. Okay, so 
This is not an overnight matter. Why do they tell us that? How many of you wanted instantaneous freedom and freedom forever? Yeah. Uh, so they're warning us in advance that you're going you're gonna to be forever changed instantly and then you're going to walk into your realization of that change. Does that make sense? Okay. Um, it should continue for our lifetime. Continue to watch for selfishness, dishonesty, resentment, and fear. If I'm going to continue, when did I start? They showed me how to recognize it in four, right? right? In three, they told me I was driven by fear, self-delusion, self-seeking, and self-pity. I stepped on my, the toes of my fellows. So everything about the inventory took me back to the fears that drove me all my life, right? right? But they were showing me that what I was seeing out there, if I'm going to continue to watch, was my thoughts and not the other person, right? So they're teaching me the discipline spiritually, that eyesight without insight is spiritual blindness. Uh, another book says, how can you see the speck in your brother's eye when you can't see the plank in your own eye? Better you should remove the plank from your eye so you can better see it, help your brother, right? So you guys know that book. That's very old wisdom, but it's the same teaching. The, the plank in my eye is my perspective based on my limited experience with their life, right? I don't know what their life was. We pretend we do, but we have no idea, right? So, um, so we're going to continue to watch for selfishness, dishonesty, resentment, and fear, but when these crop up, we ask God at once to remove them. By this stage, if you don't know God to be tangible, you need to go back to two. Because you're never going to ask a power you don't believe in, have an experience, to remove your thoughts. Just not going to do it. Right? So we need to be aware of that, right? And help people encounter the power that informs our steps. Right? So... When these crop up, so they're promising me selfishness, dishonesty, resentment, and fear are going to crop up. Have you, any of you ever worked with humans? Yeah. It's pretty much a given. How many of you have forgotten you're one of those humans? Because that's the mistake a lot of people in fellowship say, I can't change people, places, or things. I can only change me. And I go, the problem with that theory is you're a people. You can't change you. God can change you if you'll focus on them. Okay. All right. So we ask at once, God at once to remove them. So I'm asking God to remove my selfish, dishonest thoughts so that I can better see to help. Does that make sense? And then we discuss them with someone immediately and make amends quickly if we've harmed anyone. So you may have to call a sponsor. You may have to call a trusted friend. But as you grow in the spirit, you're going to talk to the spirit within you. Yes. Does that make sense? Yes. All right. And then it says make amends quickly. If we've harmed anyone, then we resolutely turn our thoughts to someone we can help. Where in the steps does it suggest I can help me? Nowhere. Nowhere. The very first step is me admitting I'm powerless. <laughs> so anything else I claim to do after that's a lie, or I was lying in one. Does that make sense? So, so the reality here is the principles we practice in all our affairs is not the long list that Bill wrote 15 years later, no matter how many times you were taught that. It's not true because this book was written 15 years before. The, practices, the principles we practice in all our affairs are in that paragraph, watch, ask, discuss, turn. Does that make sense? Learn to observe without judgment. Discipline your thoughts. Separate humans from human behavior and you'll live free in the world. Make sense? Okay. So then they give us our code. Love and tolerance of others is our code. How many of you didn't know we had a code? A lot of people don't know we have a code. You can't get in the secret meetings without the code. So love what? Tolerate what? Yeah, love the human. Tolerate the human behavior. Separate human from human behavior. If you don't like people, you don't know God because God loves people. You got, it's got to be a mantra. Right? Okay. So then we got some more promises and we've ceased fighting anything or anyone, even alcohol. So how many of you have lived in that place where we were fighting with alcohol, drugs? How many of you won that battle and how many of you went and got high? That's not a battle we can win for long, is it? 
Any of you remember those last day or days in addiction when you're out and you're thinking maybe I should just stay out? You're thinking, yeah, maybe I overreacted. <laughs> so if I'm fighting with it for long, it's not, I'm not going to win, right? Okay, so what they're talking about is a state of being where that's been removed. I've ceased fighting with anything because, see, it isn't just the drug addiction. The drug addiction was the way I tried to manage an unmanageable situation, the human condition. And, and so all areas of my life where I'm trying to control things causes me to fight. But things are what they are, right? Okay. For by this time, sanity will have returned. So what is insanity if sanity's returned at this point? Yeah, that's, that's very baseline, right? But as you grow in the spirit and drinking isn't really the main issue anymore, and it's all control is the issue. You ever notice that in the book? The idea that he will control and enjoy his drinking is the great obsession of every abnormal drinker. But they expect you to get sober, so the next time you read the book, the idea that he can control and enjoy his thinking is the great obsession of every abnormal thinker. And as you grow in consciousness, you'll realize the mind attacks. The mind, the mind attacks your identity. Or they, that mind attacks the other people you're interacting with identity in order to confuse you so that you'll act less than divine. Yes. Any of you ever had that experience? Yeah. Okay. So insanity, according to these people, is, is, is an appalling lack of perspective. The inability to think clearly. Sounds more fit than... Does it fit? I mean, we used to hear people all the time give the definition, doing the same thing, expecting a different result. That's not true for addicts and alcoholics. I did the same thing, expecting no different result. This is going to suck. Watch. (laughs) Anyone know what I'm talking about? I had no expectation of it turning out better. I just knew if I could get to the dope house, I could feel different. Okay. So... We'll, be, we'll seldom be interested in liquor if tempted we'll recoil from it as from a hot flame. We've had an extra cool summer here in Phoenix, so I can't use that example as easily when it's been nice out. But have you ever leaned on your car on a 115 degree day? Did anyone have to remind you that was hot, you should get off, or did you just sort of... So what they're telling us is in a spit, fit spiritual condition, we'll react sanely and normally. We'll recoil as from a hot flame, which was not my reaction before I went through this process, right? Um, it says we react sanely and normally. We'll find this has happened automatically. How many of you were amazed when that, finally, when that obsession lifted and you really didn't do anything? It just was gone. That's what we bear witness to, not the struggle. If I'm struggling, I'm doing it wrong. We've ceased fighting anything or anyone. Talk to somebody. Let us help you. We'll see that our new attitude toward liquor has been given us without any thought or effort on our part. It just comes. What is your new attitude toward liquor? Seldom tempted. Right? But, I mean, the reality of, of liquor is it did its job. I was the one that didn't ha- didn't hang. <laughs> Why am I mad at liquor? <laughs> and I understand other people's journey through it, right? Yeah. Um, it just comes. That's the miracle of it. We're neither fighting it nor are we avoiding temptation. We feel as though we've been placed in a position of neutrality, safe and protected in the name of this meeting. For the scientific minds. Think about this. If I'm not tempted, if I'm not reacting to the world the way I used to react to the world, at the cellular level, I'm action-reaction. Every fiber of my being is, is operating in this world in a, you know, the atomic equation of action-reaction. When I'm able to be kinder than I feel like being, when I'm able to not react to some situation, have I not been raised above the laws of this world? even from a scientific perspective. So that's what it feels like. How many of you have discovered that you are capable of being kinder than you feel like being? Can't do the work we're called to do unless we're kinder than we feel like being, right? Okay. So 
We've not even sworn off. Instead, the problem has been removed. What's the problem? You'll, it depends on where you are in growing up in your awakening, right? Because you wind it back. Self-delusion, self self-seeking, self-pity driven by fear. When you chase it all the way back to fear, what did I have? I had a fear problem. Which is why abstinence didn't work. Because I wasn't abstaining from fear. I was abstaining from spirits. I can't solve a spiritual problem without a spiritual solution. Right? Okay. So, we've not even sworn off. Instead, the problem has been removed. It does not exist for us. We're neither cocky nor are we afraid. Do you see how they're clearly talking about a state of being? Like, I find myself in a fearless state. I'm neither cocky nor am I afraid. Usually when I'm working with somebody and I'm tapped into the spirit and it's just flowing into me and I'm not, it has nothing to do with me. And I know it has nothing to do with me. Even if they think it has to do with me, I know it has nothing to do with me. But those are states of being. They're fleeting, right? So the idea is to stay awakened as much as you can through the disciplines, yes? Okay. So that is our experience. Now notice the word they used. Who, Who is... When they say that is our experience, what are they, who are they talking about? The first 100. It's so important. Don't take your advice on program from people in the modern fellowship. These are the people. They witnessed and they agreed on every word. We shouldn't change it. We, shouldn't, we just, am I aligned with that or not? Right? Okay. That is how we react so long as we keep in fit spiritual condition. So if I want to know if I'm in fit spiritual condition, what would I do? One question, am I fighting anything or anyone? Any, anything or anyone? If I am, I, there's something the matter with my spiritual status. Better talk to someone, better talk to God, better do something. Go find someone to help. Right? Yep. All right, so it's easy to let up on the spiritual program of action and rest on our laurels. How many of you understand what they're talking about? You think most of the little issues that you got in your life aren't worth bothering God with? He, he handled that addiction thing. I'll just take care of this career deal. <laughs> Sounds silly when you say it, but we all do it. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So it's easy to let up, but the conscious relation is practicing these principles in all my affairs. If I walk around in an awakened state, the likelihood that I'm going to get attacked in a, in a successful way is less. Yes? Yeah. How many of you get attacked in your mind? but you're fortified and you don't respond. How many of you have been surprised and responded really badly? Okay, so we know, we know this. All right, so we're headed for trouble if we do, for alcohol is a subtle foe. You gotta get it, guys. We don't treat a substance abuse addiction here. That's, freedom from that is a byproduct of growing in the spirit. We treat a control addiction here. And the only substance powerful enough to overcome a control addiction in the known universe is faith. Faith is a substance of things unseen. You may not believe it. You may not like references to biblical teaching, but I'm telling you, it's the reality. Faith is, faith is the way you overcome your control problem. Okay. So we are not cured of alcoholism. See, they just reminded you. There's no cure for alcoholism. The only thing we can suggest is complete abstinence. And that doesn't work for a guy like me. I'm no good at abstinence. Anyone tried abstinence recently? What we really have is a daily reprieve contingent on the maintenance of our spiritual condition. So what's reprieve mean? Stay of execution. Yeah, I'm not going to kill me today. Because that's real. I'm the, I'm the executioner. Yep. Right? If anyone did to me what I did to me, I'd kill him. You ever heard anyone say that? Okay. So every day is a day we must carry the vision of God's will into all our, our activities. Which ones? All. So they're telling me that we can carry the vision of God's will. Uh-huh. Right? And they tell us how they do it. Does that make sense? They didn't just leave us with it where you go, okay, so how do I get God's vision of God's will. Well, here's how you do it. How can I best serve thee? Thy will, not mine, be done. Now, you may not talk in King James language, so you may not be quite that flowery, but 
reality is, God, what are you showing me? Please direct my thinking, especially to be divorced to self-pity, dishonest, self-seeking motives. Whatever you can do that doesn't offend your trip meter over religious stuff, understand God's real. Understand that's tangible. If you don't know that, we need to take you back to two and get you an encounter. And then once you know that, then all of this stuff starts to make sense. Notice the not mine in there is in brackets because the illusion that there's a will apart from God's goes away when I awaken. There's, there's simply God's will and my disagreement with it. That's it. That's all there is. Anyone knows what I'm talking about? I don't want it to be this way, but nonetheless, this is the way it is. So would you like to get a different perspective or you just want to fight all the way through it, Joe? Okay. So these are thoughts which must go with us constantly. Why do they got to go with me constantly? Because I get a con. Yeah, I'm in a sensory world and things come at me. How many of you have just heard someone talking and were sure they were talking about you? <laughs> Apparently I'm with kindred spirits. Most of them don't give a shit about me, but I know they're all talking about me. Okay. Um, so... These are thoughts which must go with us constantly. We can exercise our willpower along this line all we wish. It's the proper use of the will. Remember when they told us we were going to turn our will and our life over to the care of God? I don't want to turn my will over to God. Any of you ever had that? Yeah. Okay, well, God doesn't want your will either. He wants it properly aligned so that you can serve. He's not looking for leaders. He's looking for followers. And God's followers are inevitably leaders of men. That's just the reality. So, so what we've got to learn to do is get our limited perspective out of the way and start walking in infinite perspective, yeah? yeah? So I'll show you by the end how that delusion of a will apart from God's goes away. Um, much has already been said about receiving strength, inspiration, and direction from him who has all knowledge and power. So what didn't they tell us? They said much has been said. When did they start talking to us about all knowledge and power? There are several references. There's one who has all power. They, they told us in step two that they began to flow, sense the flow and, and we got this new sense of power, peace, happiness and a sense of direction flowing into us. Right? So they, they have said quite a lot about that flow of the spirit. By this stage of your development, you're experiencing it so you're not thinking in theories. You're not talking to theories. You're talking to power, yes? yes. Am I talking to people that I know? And if you're confused and you think why that's not happening for me, grab some of us and let us help you. Because if you ask for an introduction to this power, we won't have any say in it. You'll get an introduction. Right? It'll happen. Um, if we've carefully followed directions, we have begun this, to sense the flow of his spirit into us. So at this point, you should be becoming aware on the fly that there is something greater than you operating through you. Yes? We talked about willingness being divine power. It's flowing through you, but it's not of you. How many of you were unwilling to do anything for a long time, and all of a sudden you had this new willingness, and you were doing things that you'd patently rejected? Yeah. What is that? But God, I didn't will that. <laughs> Back to, I, I'm a better guy today than I ever wanted to be. Not that I'm any prince, but I, I'm a lot better than I ever wanted to be. Yeah. Anyone know what I'm talking about? I never, ever had this aspiration. Anyway, to some extent we become God conscious. So they're telling me the waking conscious, God conscious is the awareness of being aware of this power in and through me. Yeah? So to some extent, sometimes quickly, sometimes slowly, right? De depending on how deep I'm diving, how much worldliness I'm clinging to. How many of you have been in recovery a while and you realize that you stay fairly worldly for a while and then you go, man, this is not comfortable anymore. I need to d dig deeper. So you know what they're talking about, right? Okay, so we've, be, we've begun to develop this vital sixth sense. So what is the vital sixth sense? That, that's, your, that's your spiritual guidance. That's your, that's your insight so you don't have to walk around blind. The, sense of the other five senses will keep you blind without insight. So you, the vital sixth sense, why is it vital? Because that's life. It's not necessary for life. It is life. Does that make sense? Yeah. Some of you read from another book. The way, the truth, and the life. Okay. All right. So 
step 11 suggests prayer and meditation. So now we're going to start getting into dialogue. Now that I'm in discipline, now I need to get in relationship. Does it make sense? So we shouldn't be shy on this matter of prayer. Better men than we are using it constantly. It works if we have the proper attitude and work at it. So what's the it they're talking about? Prayer works, right? If we have the proper attitude and work at it. What's the proper attitude? Well, they told us all the way back in one that the requirement is honestly want to, willing to make the effort. So this is the part where we've got to burst people's bubble that say, just pray whether you believe or not. Pray if you want it or not. You'll want it soon enough. That's nonsense. God does not care about prayers you don't care about. I honestly want freedom from me, and I'm willing to make the effort. End of story. And if I'm willing to participate, and I'm believing for God to do his part, then I will receive those blessings. And if I'm just going through the motions, I will not. That's why we cheat people when we tell them, you know, pick a doorknob or a light bulb or a group of drunks. It's all bullshit. It's not in this book. Half of these people were atheists or agnostics, but they agreed on every word in this book. It's profound wisdom. Okay. Um, Yet we believe we can make some definite and valuable suggestions. I suggest to you, if you want to grow in the spirit, read their suggestions, not your home groups including the guy at the podium tonight. Don't take my reading of it. You give me the power to think for you if you let me read your book for you. Read it understanding it's an experience they had that I aspire to. It's not an experience that I can add my spin to. Does that make sense? Okay. So when we retire at night, we constructively review our day. Well, that would be changed behavior, wouldn't it? How many of you have spent a lot of nights destructively reviewing your day? or destructively reviewing someone else's day. Okay, were we resentful, selfish, dishonest, or afraid? Notice how they got me looking for the same things I was supposed to watch for all day as I went along. So they already have acknowledged that I've lapsed into an unawakened state at some point, yes? So you can relax. You're going to drift back into unconsciousness, and that's why there's disciplines and practice and, yeah? So do we owe an apology? Have we kept something to ourselves which should be discussed with another person at once? Where's my people that are working with people? Anyone in here working with? Okay, do you get your people to call you when you get them to this point every night and kind of do the review with you to get in the habit? You guys that don't do that, do you know why those of us that do it, do it? Because it makes us do it. If I know that six of you are going to call me tonight to go over yours, I'm damn sure going to have gone over mine. (laughs) Why do we work with others? Because they drive us through our steps. They drive us through our disciplines. And if you do it for 30 days, it'll become a habit. You'll see the benefit, and you won't have to do it anymore. And if you don't do it for 30 days, then you never saw the benefit, and you're just going to have to, you know, sometimes quickly, sometimes slowly. Right? If you want the promises, do the work. If you, but the work is is about relationship and then service, right? Yes, right? Okay, so have we kept something to ourselves which should be discussed with another person at once? Were we kind and loving toward all? How many of you thought you were doing really good in the kind and loving toward all department until someone pointed out to you in your thoughts? Because <laughs> we suffer from our thoughts, not what they do. So even if you were kind enough not to react, but you suffered all day, you need to let go of that. Does that make sense? So was I kind of, am I getting all the freedom I could have? This isn't about out there. This is what's going on in me. Am I as free as I can be? And if I can't answer that one to the affirmative, am I as free as I want to be? Because maybe I'm settling right now. That's okay. It's okay to settle until you are not okay with it anymore. Right? Okay, so what could we have done better? Notice how we're going to, we don't get to come to God with a gripe and not propose a solution. Right? That's just whining. I had a guy explain to me, he goes, do you have kids? I go, yeah. He goes, you ever have them just running around going, and and you finally just screamed at them, what do you want? (laughs) Think about what your father in heaven's thinking of you. That's what he said to me. It was a little humbling. Okay. 
were we thinking of ourselves most of the time? Now they're trying to get me focused back on what the problem is. How many of you have had days where you just stayed stuck on poor me? How could they do that to me? I'm not going to work with them. They're wasting my time. You ever thought about that? If, if people you're supposed to be helping are wasting your time, you permitted it. What did they show you? At a minimum, they showed you powerlessness, right? I learned a lot more of powerlessness from helping other people than I ever learned from chemicals. Yeah. Ever, ever had someone you dearly wanted to get well just go out and die on you? Yeah. All of us have. We've been around here long enough. Any of you had children that you prayed over and did everything you could and they still got jammed up? Yeah, yeah I have. Okay. Okay, were we thinking of ourselves most of the time or were we thinking of what we could do for others? They're helping me unpack this. If I'm not as sufficiently awakened in the spirit as I want to be, these are the things I've got to really ask myself and honestly answer and so that I can move consciously into this relationship. Does that make sense? Okay. Um, Or were we thinking of what we could do for others, what we could pack into the stream of life? How many of you have started just sort of turning your thought, where can I go serve, what can I go do? Did you notice it kind of just came to you? It's like you don't really get ordered into that. It's not selfless if you got ordered into it, right? It's, it's just interesting how we find ourselves around a bunch of servants, and we don't always know why we get here, but we, once we're here, we don't want to be anywhere else. Okay. But we must be careful not to drift into worry, remorse, or morbid reflection, for that would diminish our usefulness to others. So how many of you have gotten into the place where you weren't doing it perfect enough? Any of you get into where you just weren't going to do anything because, screw it, it didn't work out? How many of you have tried working with people and stopped because none of them... I hear it all the time. So where's my sponsors? One more time. How many times have you wanted to give up because no one was getting it? Yeah. All of us. And it's, the only one that needs to get it is me. I'm not the healer anyway. I'm the vessel. Right? Um, after making our review, we ask God's forgiveness and inquire what corrective measures should be taken. I won't do that if I don't know God's real. And I won't ask for forgiveness. I think I can give myself. I hear that all the time. I've got to learn to forgive myself. Okay, good luck with that. <laughs> forgiveness is a divine act. You don't need to forgive yourself. You need to believe in the one he sent. You're already forgiven. But what you need to do is become an instrument of that forgiveness. Because everything you went through was for a purpose. And if you start serving, you'll know that. Okay, on awakening, let us think about the 24 hours ahead. So awakening from whatever. Sleep. Yeah. We consider our plans for the day. Before we begin, we ask God to direct our thinking, especially asking that it be divorced from self-pity, dishonest, or self-seeking motives. So for those of you who don't like over-religious stuff, that's an easy one. Please direct my thinking, especially to be divorced of self-pity, dishonest, self-seeking motives. That, that's a pretty simple little mantra. How many of you have gone to fellowship meetings after you learned the difference between the program and the fellowship and wanted to tune them up? Because <laughs> learning what the manner of living really is ruins our fellowship for a little while. Yeah. And if you're not loving and tolerant, you're not a good vessel, so you're going to have to learn to you know, respond in love and non-judgment, right? Um, Anyway, under these conditions, we can employ our mental faculties with assurance, for after all, God gave us brains to use. So that whole thing, don't go into your head alone and all, that's, that's, that's silliness too. We want you to think. It was on the walls for years and years and years. Think, think, think. We want you to wake up first. If you're thinking in an unawakened state, you're just running around in your psyche. But if you are awakened then you're going to receive guidance, you're going to receive inspiration, and you're going to be able to apply it to real issues for people in your life. Um, So if I employ my mental faculties, so God, after all, God gave us brains to use, I can employ my mental faculties with assurance. If I employ my mental faculties, what does that mean? 
My thoughts are working for me instead of me working for my thoughts. How many of you have found yourself working for your thoughts? In an unawakened state, you'll work for your thoughts. Either your brain's a tool or you are. You decide. Right? My brain will turn me into a real tool. Ask anyone who knows me. You guys that know me well are laughing too hard. Back it off. Okay. Our thought life will be placed on a much higher plane when our thinking is cleared of wrong motives. So our thought life is where humans live out their whole life, which is why we've got to be careful about our perspectives because we'll paint a perfectly happy situation into a terrible situation based on what's going on within us. Right? And our whole life's lived out up there. So I'll paint the whole world I live in with a bad perspective if I'm not careful. Because if you want to go out and find evidence of shitty stuff, it's not hard to find. Okay. Um, in thinking about our day, we may face indecision. That ever happened to you? Yep. So now they're talking to you about what their manner of living looks like on the fly. Earlier in the book, they were talking about a past tense experience. Now they're talking about a present moment experience. So they may face indecision, and would it be nice to know what they did to maintain their conscious walk? Okay, so it says, we may not be able to determine which course to take. Here, we ask God for inspiration and intuitive thought or decision. So they didn't just tell you what they did, they told you, told you how they experienced it. And we don't help people with that. This isn't about sitting in a room with a gong. You can do that, but that's not AA meditation. AA meditation is on the fly, as I go along, staying free and awake in the world. It isn't going to a room and thinking about lotus blossoms or any of that. All the, that's all perfectly good practice, but it's not AA practice. Do it in addition to. Does that make sense? Yeah. And so, so I'm going to experience it as an intuitive. Here I ask for inspiration. God, inspire me, and it will come to me as an intuitive thought or a decision that I couldn't make a minute ago. How many of you have had that experience? Because you stopped to pray. Because it was looking a little dicey, right? I'm about ready to go off here, God. You might want to, you know, do something. And then all of a sudden I knew, yes? Sometimes the instruction is to be still. Sometimes the instruction is to be kind, be patient, be loving, be silent, be whatever. Yeah. Um, and sometimes we're just acting forward. Maybe we're just giving a hug, you know, because there's nothing to be said. Yeah. Right? Okay, so we relax and take it easy. We don't struggle. How did they learn that? Struggle. By struggling and having more, to, because I'm still trying to fix that which I can't fix. God is doing for me what I can't do for myself. God quiets the storm, right? This is, this is power to philosophically comfort me. It's one of the most profound things they talk about. If they could make a drug that had the power to philosophically comfort us and not have the consequences of the drugs we use to philosophically comfort us, they'd be trillionaires. But this one's free. All you've got to do is grow into who you are, who you are and whose you are. Okay. So we're often surprised how the right answer comes after we've tried this for a while. So how many of you are growing in the spirit and you, it's like, I'll be damned. It really does work. What used to be the hunch or the occasional inspiration gradually becomes a working part of the mind. They're warning us, guys, you're changed instantly, but you have to act your way into better thinking. So once you learn the practices, you're going to discipline yourself in the practices. And as you walk it out, you're going to become better. But if you're expecting to instantly not be driven by everything that always drove you, I'm sorry, it's just not the way it works. And they record it for us that way. That's why they got a chapter into action rather than a chapter into thinking. <laughs> right? You'll act your way into better thinking. Yes? How many of you have found that to be true? Right. By employing disciplines as you are ready. Okay. So... Being still an experience and having just made conscious contact with God, it's not probable we're going to be inspired at all times. Why did they warn me about that? Because they did it. Well, and I want to be inspired at all times. That's the way I used. I am inspired yeah. more. 
Anyone know what I'm talking about? No matter how sick I was, I was inspired. Um, so I'm not going to be inspired at all times, and that's why all these promises are here for when I'm uninspired or I feel forgotten. The promises are there that, you know, I'm going to be free. I'm going to have a new happiness and new freedom. In the last analysis, it's only there that he may be found. I've got to go inward, not outward. I've got to quit comparing myself to others. All those things, yeah? yeah? Okay, we might pay for this presumption in all sorts of absurd actions and ideas. How many of you have done some absurd actions and ideas? How many of you, after you did them, found out they weren't that absurd? They were absurd by human standards, but not by divine standards. So you're going to have to go out and take a risk of looking foolish, because all of God's people look foolish to people who don't know. True? Where's my biblical scholars? Am I lying? The message of the cross is foolishness. Okay. Nevertheless, we find that our thinking will, as time passes, be more and more on the plane of inspiration. We come to rely upon it. So they're going to come in inspiration. They're going to move in inspiration of the Spirit. The, the Spirit knows where I'm going and why I'm going. Yeah. yeah? We usually conclude the period of meditation with a prayer that we be shown all through the day what our next step is to be. So, why would I want to know what my next step was to be? Well, because I don't know where I'm going until I'm informed. And there is one with me that's already there. And as you grow in that absolute reality, then it's just better to know where you're going based on somebody who's already there than me trying to make it up. Right? All right, so that we be given whatever we need to take care of such problems. We ask especially for freedom from self-will and are careful to make no request for ourselves only. We may ask for ourselves, however, if others will be helped. We're careful never to pray for our own selfish ends. Many of us have wasted a lot of time doing that, and it doesn't work. You can easily see why. Now, they're assuming you've done some work up to now, and if you haven't done the work, you may not know that. So when they say you can easily see why, how many of you looking at the steps before you did them saw the the sharing of all your dark secrets in five, and go, no, I'm not telling that to nobody. How many of you looked at that list of amends and said, there is no way. Okay, so, so what I wanted was all my problems. I needed my court problems to go away and my fines to go away and all those things. But all of those things empowered in the spirit that I walked through removed my real problem, which was my low self-esteem, my guilt, shame, and remorse. All of that got removed as I was empowered to walk through those worldly difficulties. And then all the rest of this made sense. I was empowered to walk through the making of amends when I saw that it would make me more fit in the spirit. But I wouldn't have known that until I had the encounter of power in two and informed that decision in three, had my eyes open in four, saw what it was really going to look like, saw the part I played and knew for the first time in my life I could be a better version of me, but I needed to write the specification with my creator, not all the influences on my life. How many of you were influenced by other people and you became a version of you that they wanted, not what you wanted? This is time for a reset. Okay. So we're careful to never pray for our own selfish ends. Many of us have wasted a lot of time doing, doing that. It doesn't work. You can easily see why. With that explanation, can you now easily see why? Yeah. Because I needed that process. The process is not the obstacles in my path. It is my path. The obstacles in my path are my fear, my lack of identity, my guilt, my shame, my remorse. Yes? If... Circumstances warrant, we ask our wives or friends to join us in morning meditation. How would I know if circumstances warrant? They might ask. What are you doing? Any of you feel a little foolish about your practices at first? And so you weren't sure who to tell about it? So one of the sure ways to know if circumstances warrant is if they're genuinely interested in what you're doing, why would you not share it with them? Right? Okay. So if we belong to a religious denomination which requires a definite morning devotion, we attend to that also. So do your religious practice and your AA practice, right? If you've got a devotion you need to do in the morning for your particular faith, by all means do it. But don't set aside one for the other. The, the, the two will enhance the other. Does that make sense? Yes. Okay. 
So if not members of religious bodies, we sometimes select and memorize a few set prayers which emphasize the principles we've been discussing. There are many helpful books also. Suggestions about these may be obtained from one's priest, minister, or rabbi. You can go to religious people and ask them what you might want to look into based on where you are in your faith walk. Or you may just want to do your AA meditations that somebody set out for you. That may be enough to start, yeah? Whatever. Just getting into practice, huh? Okay, be quick to see where religious people are right. Notice how it didn't say that religious people are right. Be quick to see where religious people are right. How many of you, after you learned what the program was, went to the fellowship and found out a lot of people there have never read our book? You don't think that happens in the church? Why would we hold them to a different standard than we hold recovery people to? We're talking about the same power. We're reading from the same text. That's the fundamental text to this, whether you like that or not. It is. They studied that for four years before they wrote this. So um, be quick to see where religious people are right. Make use of what they offer. If nothing else, they offer confirmation of what you're already experiencing in your AA walk. Yeah. Right? How many of you learned that later? Remember, half these guys were atheists or agnostics. So they're witnessing to experience they had. So if you're having the same experience, congratulations, you're right on path. Okay? All right, so as we go through the day, we pause when agitated or doubtful. Has that ever happened to you? How many times today? Agitated or doubtful? Six agitations, two doubtfuls. Wait, wait a minute, the last two doubtfuls pissed me off, so eight, eight agitations. Anyone know what I'm talking about? They, I like the word agitated because one of the things you'll learn as you grow in the spirit, remember they promised you a progressive recovery, sometimes agitation isn't rage, it's just a gentle stirring. You know, in your washing machine, the agitator's a, it's just a cleansing turn. So sometimes you're walking past miracles that were meant for you and you're not paying attention. And so you want to get into discipline when agitated because it, it may just not be a storm within you, but a stirring within you. Does that make sense as you grow? How many of you have had that happen? Some of you are acknowledging, oh, that's happened to me. How come no one explained that to me before? Well, because we are ready to hear it now. Okay, so... When agitated or doubtful, and ask for the right thought or action. So that's why we've got to start growing consciously in the spirit. I've got to learn to ask right away, what are you showing me? Right? Rather than just assuming I always know. Right. Okay? We constantly remind ourselves that we're no longer running the show. Why constantly? Because we do. We walk around telling everybody, I live in my truth. Well, it'd be better if you live in the truth. But okay, let's try my truth for a minute, right? So we're not saying don't think of yourself well and highly. We want you to know who you are and whose you are, but be mindful of the fact that, that there's my truth and then there's your truth and then there's the truth. I want to be in the truth because that's where I'm free. Okay, so humbly saying to ourselves many times each day, Thy will be done. Notice how I promised you you would see it without parentheses, no more not mine, because by now the illusion's gone. By now I'm getting ready to go out and serve because I'm awakened to who I am and whose I am. Right? Okay, so we're then in much less danger of excitement, fear, anger, worry, self-pity, or foolish decisions. How many of you would like to be in less danger of those? Because those things stop us from being effective, don't they? If I'm afraid of foolish decisions and anger and I'm so busy fighting illusions, I don't do anything. Okay? So we become more and more efficient. We do not tire so easily for we're not burning up energy foolishly as we did when we were trying to arrange life to suit ourselves. How many of you found that out right away? Any of you new in recovery all of a sudden could go to jobs like more than one day in a row? could make a commitment and keep a commitment, things that seemed impossible before. So all of that is a progressive experience, isn't it? Yeah. Okay. So it works. It really does. 
Because they're still trying to convince us of their own experience because it seems so unbelievable even to them. Look at the earnestness there. It works. It really does. We alcoholics are undisciplined, so we let God discipline us in the simple way we've just outlined. So what did they just outline? Watch, ask, discuss, turn, pray, meditate, pray, pause when agitated or doubtful, pray, meditate, pray. Yeah? But this is not all. There's action and more action. Faith without works is dead. The next chapter is entirely devoted to step 12. One more thing. Saturday nights, everyone is welcome to come to the recovery church service. If your members here, your family can come. Um, and if you're from the public and you just want to come to a different church service, Chaplain Lee is many, many years a chaplain in the uh, prison system in Arizona. And he comes, he knows who our population is. He believes in people with flaws and he ministers to us. So please come check us out Saturday at 7. Thank you very much.